0: Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Uh, I don't know if you remember my friend Wendy, who used to tell me that she- uh, Red hair,
1: long details. Right. Yes, that's Bingham the dress. one.
0: Yes, uh-huh. Uh, her dad had a uh, restaurant or something. Yeah. No, um, she would she would read our reviews back when we were writing them, but mm-hmm. she never watched the show, and she felt she didn't need to watch The Walking Dead, <laughs> because we were taking care of that uh-huh. for her, and she would laugh at the reviews. Well, apparently the tradition is being carried on. I went and saw um, Murder on the Orient Express today oh. with uh, Angie, a friend of mine from the IFC, and she was telling me that she listened to it, and she goes, I don't watch the show, <laughs> she, but I don't have to because I laughed at you guys talking about it. I'm like, there we go. Excellent.
1: That's around the same amount of time. <laughs> we, we we spend an hour talking about an hour long show Yeah. because what else are you going to do at 10.30
0: and on a Sunday How night? How can we do Sleep? It? I don't know if we can do an hour about tonight's episode. I doubt it. Because it was no, kind I of... I say that, but watch. Yeah, that's 40 true. Minutes. So, hi folks. I'm Tim. I'm Dustin. I have not looked at the name of the episode. It will be, of course, posted when we post the uh, these Apocalypse podcast. But it is basically the Gospel according to Negan, the confession of Negan, um, the when Negan is quiet and talks about why he's doing what he's doing. You can understand the internal logic of the character. However.
1: Uh it was kind of filler. It was filler McFiller said. There were a couple of things uh
0: that were important, I think. So basically, if you cast your mind back earlier in the season, well, Rick's team and the Hilltop folks, because, of course, the... The Kingdom was there, too. The, well, the Kingdom was doing their own thing. No, the Kingdom... They
1: all kind of showed up for the first thing. Okay, all right, all right. Um, and then they moved on to the second part. I think this oh, is... Oh, okay. You know what? I I think... um I'm realizing Mm -hmm. all of these things are happening on the same day. It is still the same day. Well, I... Like, I think that that everybody went and had breakfast, went to McDonald's, got some hash browns, and then they went up to the Savior's compound, and they did their first little thing,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then they turned around... And went on their three separate missions.
0: Well, because everything is within walking distance, uh-huh. clearly you can do that sort of thing, as opposed to driving, eating up a significant chunk of your, you know, with drive time. Uh, but in any event, this is from the Savior's point of view. Right. When Rick and company came and attacked uh, the sanctuary.
1: Um, and I have to tell you, any time that we do a Savior's point of view episode, I always just, like, wish they wouldn't. Like, do I really need to know the inner workings of Negan's High Council? How none of them are very nice people, and
0: they all kind of hate each other? Well, no, I don't think I do. I think, I think what they're trying to accomplish here is to give us a sense that they are people, as opposed to faceless villains, yeah, right? And to some degree, they're giving them personalities that you can, I tell them apart, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because we've, we, yeah. which we've had a difficulty with some of the, the. You know, lieutenants is that they all have that same kind of, you know, uh, receding hairline, mustache right. thing happening here, and, and the, they all talk the same way, right? You know, there's like a there's like a, Negan a playbook. Had a, Negan, yeah, Negan
1: wrote a moti- motivational book, <laughs> and he makes all of his lieutenants read it, so that when they go out to intimidate some poor
0: schlub. They say this, the Negan Well, it's consistency. You want that with your brand. True. Right? So this is basically, you know, I think the show's attempt to make us try and understand them. Despite the fact the only person, because of the whole way they've structured the whole Negan cult of personality, the only person you have to understand is Negan. Mm -hmm. And we're pretty sure we understand his philosophy. He's talked about it several times. This is... More effective, I will say this about this episode. There, this is more effective to have him talk about why he thinks the way he thinks in this kind of conversation. Once you strip away the bravado mm-hmm. and the posturing, the whole people are weak, you need someone to lead them. I have to hold these people together, or they will kill each other,
1: right? I think that the, the really the two best parts of the episode were the very very beginning when the council was having their meeting Mm -hmm. and basically they're like trying to figure out how how are we gonna okay so there's obviously gonna be this war now how do we do this in the most effective way without killing killing the least amount of people is essentially what negan and his Mm -hmm. crew were saying which i thought was very interesting well
0: especially considering that you have one of the lieutenants or uh well, the, the hilltop lieutenant mm-hmm. basically advocating for killing everyone at the hilltop as in, to me an object mm-hmm. lesson. And Negan saying, are you stupid? Mm-hmm. Why would we do that? We are not, you know, we are here to save people. People are a resource. You don't destroy what you don't have to destroy. And, mm-hmm. you know, this this whole, there's this economic model that Negan functions with. You know, I'm going to... You spend the least amount of capital to get the largest return. Basically, he's talking about economics all the time. And, you know, invest. You know, return on your investment. And he views people as a commodity, and Mm -hmm. therefore, if I have more people, I have more. Right. Period. And it's... You know, there's a logic to it, and that's the thing that makes Negan in these Mm -hmm. quiet scenes that that makes him the most effective is because there's a logic to his mindset. Right. And what's curious about that council, and I think sort of backs up what he's saying, but it leads me to a larger question. His lieutenants don't actually seem to be on board with this idea (laughs) so much as he's telling them I'm in charge, you'll do what I say, and they're like, oh yeah, I forgot for a second, Mm. and, you know, know, are we backsliding? It's like, was this a problem before? Was this an issue? Where he'd sit there and go, oh, just kill them all, they've ticked me off, and he gets like, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: I think so, I think
0: you have to infer that. Which is, why would you, why would you want one of those people as your lieutenant? I mean, wouldn't you just go, no. Mm. So... I mean, it's it's interesting. It's interrupted. This discussion is interrupted, of course, by the arrival of the armored vehicles and right. all of the things. Now, what I wanted to see because I was confused by that scene when you know, it first happened, where you know, when how how did Negan get separated and, and he was under fire for mm-hmm. Rick? And I was kind of wanting to see a little bit of that from his point of view. Right. It's not critical that we don't see it, but I just it felt like I was I was kind of expecting to see it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, we get some more of the compound as their reaction to them thinking Negan is dead.
1: Yeah. Must be. He must be dead. How could he not be dead? And... They've obviously never seen this show before.
0: (laughs) Well, and they're also... They're terrible leaders. Oh, they're all awful. They have... I mean, none of these people are strategic thinkers. None of them are... Except except for Irony
1: of Ironies. <laughs> Eugene and Glenn. No, not Glenn. What's his name? Uh, Dwight? Dwight. Yeah. Are just, you know, they're the only ones who are like we need to figure out a proper way to take
0: care of this Walker situation. Well, I think Dwight is We've spent the most time with Dwight in terms of any of the saviors aside from Negan. Right. And at various points, we've had the the Dwight centric episode, and mm-hmm. I th- and those have been a mixed
1: mm-hmm. success.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're supposed to be sympathetic to Dwight, and I think it's it's been a mixed bag in accomplishing that. Yeah. I'm not completely unsympathetic to his situation, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going, oh goodness, I hope nothing bad happens to Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> And... no no,
1: I don't think anybody feels that. <laughs> and Eugene Except is for Eugene. the actor who
0: plays Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I hope this episode nothing terrible happens to Dwight. This is a nice gig. I'd mean, yeah. like to get coming back to work. I like these guys. Um, of course, there's uh, Eugene is Eugene. but he's actually sitting there going one of the um, uh, the, the female what was her, what was her name? The, Darlene Regina. Who looked really familiar to us, but she's she's done a lot of TV work, but not the thing that... She's probably... That's why. Because she's like, yeah. oh, that lady who's yeah. on TV. But she's like, we should just go out and do this thing and send out the workers and they can make a hole and, and you know... QG's like, like, that's uh, not
1: going to work. <laughs> if we start sending workers out to be eaten by
0: walkers, the workers will rise up against us. And, and he's like, basically saying, you know you need this many people and you don't have this many people and this is why this isn't going to work. And she's like, I don't like you. And she's <laughs> like, nobody likes me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Eugene. Have you met me? And it's, uh, these people do not, it, it's a really curious structure of organization, Negan has, there. And I realize that the entire society that he's building here is built around this equation of if we protect you, you will obey us. Mm-hmm. This whole thing, but the people that he's he has to actually run this. If you're required, I mean, there's clearly there's a certain amount of these people have to be willing to go out into the world and kill people yeah. to get the point across. So, admittedly, this is not something they teach you in business school. My management training, at the various points I've been a manager, <laughs> have rarely included. I mean, never included. Okay, there was that one time <laughs> now murder all these people. Right. It's a little short of you know, the employee handbook generally doesn't have a chapter on how to deal with disposing of the body. Right. They literally are going to pieces and inside the compound the wor- you know, the air the AC has gone out. Okay, now why did the A C go out? They turned off the generators to conserve fuel don't okay don't do it you're right you're right i mean the problem is is that my brain is telling me you should have stores of this stuff you should have you have this many people there should be backups there should be planning there should be you know supplies that are not going to require you what 30 minutes into the siege to go turn off the power Mm-mm. you know it's i don't
1: i don't know i that's the only thing that makes me wonder how long that has been it's
0: been it's been no more than a day
1: yeah this last I think I really do think this whole section of this season has just been one day
0: I think if it's been a day if it's it's at most been two or two or three there's no way it can be longer than that especially given that there is no travel time in the Walking Dead universe Mm -hmm. but these people, yeah, you know, I mean, they're immediately jumping to, and I realize that Eugene's mindset works this way, but they're all immediately jumping to, we have to go into survival mode right now. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're surrounded by all the walkers in the world, apparently. These are all ways to start a panic. And when you think about it, how many people, you have, what, five, six people who are overseeing, or the, the, the leadership in this group, apparently. Mm-hmm. And how many workers? Well, but you gotta think, okay,
1: so on the bottom level, the bottom of the pyramid, mm-hmm. are the workers, and there is probably a lot of them. Right. But remember, on top of that are the soldier class. Who we barely see this episode. Yeah. Because uh, they're all off doing other things, probably being killed by them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the soldier class, and there's probably a lot of them. Two, but not as many as workers. Right. And then on top of that is the lieutenants. And there may, yeah, there's only five or six lieutenants, but they each have a significant number of soldiers underneath them. And the soldiers
0: are what keep the workers in line. Yeah, but I, I think we do come keep coming back to the fact that without Negan, this entire thing is a really... There's no stable it's nature. It's slope, Tim. There's no slope. <laughs> it's yeah. just... It's, it's, it's just precipice. a giant pit <laughs> underneath the structure and he's the only one holding it together which is a really really bad model and it's not going to work and in the comic it doesn't work yeah um, but yeah it's just it's so basically the, the, the B story here is is the inside of the compound right and uh, Dwight is like well, they're having this meeting, and Dwight goes outside to give his to send his signal, which triggers all of this. Mm-hmm. And so, after their meeting, after uh, the assault, and the rest of them are inside going, "What are we going to do?" Dwight backs up Eugene's argument that we can't just send out a bunch of workers. Mm-hmm. And so later, Eugene comes by with his jar full of pickles and says, "Thank you for thank you for being on my side." And Dwight's like. I backed you up. I none, not on your side. Thank you for the pickles. Mm-hmm. You can go now. And Dwight uh, Eugene goes over and picks up Dwight's chess one of the chess pieces, and he's been painting them, and the paint's still wet. Right. Gets okay. a little red spot on his thumb. Right. Later, we will find out that this was a clue, because when. Everyone, all the workers are going, uh, the AA power is out, which means the AA air conditioning is out, which means we're down on the ground level baking in this giant concrete building in the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of posturing, and Negan's lieutenants are like, go back to work. And they're like, uh, where's Negan? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, uh, go back to work. And finally, the Regina sits there and says, I'm Negan. And First, oh, some guy, the
1: guy pulls a gun. Right. And tries to shoot, and then she shoots him and says,
0: I'm Negan, who else wants some of my business? Right. And it turns out that the gun that this guy had came from the Savior's own weapon store, Mm -hmm. which he shouldn't have access to. And it's in a bag that has what appears to be a red paint spot on it. Mm -hmm. And Eugene recognizes this as coming from the same, you know, it makes him suspicious about Dwight. He can't be sure, obviously, but right. it's pretty sure. So, while this is going on, uh, Father Gabriel and Negan are in the trailer, and doing <laughs> doing the Tennessee Williams to man <laughs> I know, <laughs> and it actually was okay. I mean, most of the time that it, that part of the episode was okay. It's these two personalities, which are very, very different. But it's not really a confrontational episode in the sense that it's, you know, Father Gabriel going, you're a monster! And Negan going, you're weak! It's not really that. I mean, it's it's a slow motion debate of philosophy. Right. And it actually kind of works most of the time. Basically what it comes down to is,
1: even though he knows he's kind of a dick, Negan is really trying to save as many people as he possibly can. And... Father Gabriel just wants his life to have meant
0: something when he dies. Well, and, and Negan's viewpoint is is that Rick is causing people to die. Yeah. Because if he, Rick wasn't doing this, these people wouldn't be dying. Yeah. And if he would just do what Negan said, everything would be okay. And Gabriel is... He feels like he's had all these opportunities to make some atonement for the death of his congregation, for letting his congregation die. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he feels like, you know, death is something you can't get away from. At least he wants a good death that means something. Mm -hmm. And that maybe he can accomplish something. So he's kind of looking at this as, you know, maybe if I can just get to Negan, if I can reach him, if he gives me his confession. And so he starts really pushing Negan to explain himself. And Negan's like, uh, how'd that work out for your congregation there? Because I'm not sure that that's a helpful thing, really. I mean, we're surrounded by zombies. I'm not sure that this is really going to be the goal. Is you know, mm-hmm. and there's some like banter. It's almost banter. It's almost yeah. And there's actually some humor in it. And... Yeah, there's th- there's three full jokes in this episode. I know. <laughs> it's like, what? What? We're laughing? What's yeah. going on here? But it kind of was. Um, why are you doing this thing? You know, what makes you tick? What is it about, you know, do you think being violent makes you strong? You know, all these, you know, it's basic moral philosophy differences here. And Negan's like, no, i you know, I am weak. Why did you become a priest? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I wanted to bring God and people together. I like God and I like people. I thought I'd bring them together and it would work out. And, you know, Negan's like, all right, well, I'm trying to do something similar. I'm yeah. trying to bring these people together and build a world and we got to be strong. And, I'm weak and I'm strong. My strength informs my, or my weakness
1: informs my strength. Which is actually not a bad philosophy to have.
0: The problem with Negan is not that he is inherently wrong with what he is, with with the idea of what he's doing. It's the process. It's the method. And, you know, it's like, you can make a very strong argument that on paper, communism works really, really well. Right. The problem is you add people and you end up with that stratification of, you know, the, the rich the rich people in the old Soviet Union who would go to the ballet and drive the cars and eat yeah. really, really well. But that's also the way can looks at it is you have to deal with people. People are terrible and I have to you know, somebody has to be in charge. And Gabriel starts poking at him. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, yeah, okay, fine. What about what about those wives of yours? Oh, right.
1: Well, he starts off like you have all these workers you treat as slaves, and he's like, hey, they know the deal. They are not slaves. They come to work for us, and they get protection. Right. And he's like, you send people out to raid other communities, and he's like, I do that to build build a world again. It's called commerce. <laughs> and but then when he says, what about your wives? You've forced all these women to marry you and he's like they all
0: knew what they were getting into they all made a choice and the look on his face is interesting when he says that because in the comic it is a very clear-cut thing that Negan hates rape with a passion Mm -hmm. and that he somehow has convinced Mm -hmm. himself that what he's doing with these women doesn't count as a kind of rape yeah and he's wrong, by the way. Right. Um, you know, in this in this world where, of course, where everything is about where, where all this sexual harassment stuff, Negan's whole relationship with these women is about dominance and power. Mm-hmm. It is a kind of sexual abuse. And, you know. It's an interesting thing in the comic because the same relation dynamic exists with the wives. Yeah. But Negan hates rape with a passion. He kills several people in the comic because they've tried to rape someone or or they were a rapist. Period. Yeah.
1: But yeah. Oh no. I think I I wrote that when I was tweeting like, you know, back last seasons like Negan. My wives loves love me. Wives visibly weeping. <laughs> yeah. Like You know.
0: Right. I mean, it's 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 not at all it's not all oh, a good relationship to have I mean this is not at no point you're going to sit there and go I'm so happy i decided to become a bride of Negan right but you know and so Gabriel is just needling well, about yeah. it what about your you know, what about the wife you lied to what about the wife that you know mm-hmm. the wife who you said till death do you part and, and, and lied to and Negan's like now wait a minute yeah <laughs> and Gabriel gets up in close and grabs the gun tries to shoot him as you, sh- as you should. As you should,
1: and he. You rather... never get a gun at Negan that you don't fire at
0: Negan. Quite frankly, if if a lot more people fired guns at Negan, this could have been taken care of several oh, episodes I... ago, uh, several maybe a couple seasons. So Gabriel runs into the other room. I was not aware there was another room. Oh, it was not either. And there, there's another room, you
1: guys. I was, I was like watching this whole episode, wondering why they aren't climbing up on the roof of this thing through the access patch that's in every single RV and mobile home ever. I think you
0: are attempting... I know, I'm doing that thing you do. I know, stop it. It it doesn't work for me, (laughs) Dustin. Applying logic to the show has never worked out well for me. I've always been let down by the concept of logic and the walking down. So apparently there's another room. And Gabriel's in there going, "Ha ha!" <laughs> and now I've got the gun. Right. And. <laughs> but of course,
1: you know Negan convinces him. All right, let's go out. Let's get out of here.
0: Well, Gabriel says, "I will go with you if you give me your confession." And yeah, that's when he tells about his wife. And in the comic, we got um, we basically got the flashback scene that basically showed that he was a uh, high school gym teacher, I uh-huh. believe. And he was really hard on the kids, um, but he actually cared about the kids. He thought you had to be hard on them to straighten them out. And he talks a little bit about how uh, when he was, you know, before this, he, would, he tried to actually help kids go the right way. And he doesn't define what that is. But basically says if you don't, if you don't teach them how to behave when they're young, they turn into terrible people. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes, okay, okay. Um, good I guess And what about that wife of yours and he's like well there was a wife and she he was not a good husband no cheated on her et cetera, et cetera. and she gets sick and she gets sick during the zombie apocalypse and she turns and Negan can't kill her he chickens out that's his that's his weakness is that he wasn't able to kill her mm-hmm. and on one hand that is a perfectly acceptable explanation on the other hand, I really expect the show to come back and drag that explanation out into half of an episode in a flashback, because... Well,
1: we haven't done a back-before-the-walkers the, the walkers
0: flashback in a long, long time. Right. Which, I wouldn't necessarily be against it, except that we just covered this material in this episode, right. and it's just going to be repeating itself. So... But he explains that this is what it is, and of course we know that he named the bat after his wife. We do? Well, he does in the comic. Oh. Lucille is the wife in the, in the name of the, the wife in the comic, so I'm presuming that's what they're going to do in the show. I could be wrong. The show has done that before. So, in any I event... I don't know.
1: I, I, that's what I inferred, but I didn't know that we knew that.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think that was in the flashback in the comic that was the explanation for, for the name of the bat. But who knows? I mean, we'll see what the, what the show does. Probably it'll be the same thing. <clears throat> but they have their they have their um, confession and and.
1: Gabriel Negan, con- yeah, Negan pulls a zombie in, and they start hacking him up. And Negan goes, "Hey, hey do you know this this <laughs> trick?" And yeah, he's like, "Yes, I know this trick." And Negan
0: goes, "Have any of your people ever gotten sick from doing this?" It's kind of, we're cornmeal. You know, this is all like rotting gore from inside yeah. he goes and bacon in the Virginia sun Gabriel <laughs> looks at him and says we're from Georgia <laughs> <laughs> then we yeah. actually left we actually laughed out loud at an episode of The Walking Dead right. it was great and then it was passed because then instead of I guess it's is there a contract that says once you've been on the show for X number of episodes you don't have to put the or on your face I anymore. guess you know. unless you're Nick on fear of the Walking Dead because then it's your jaw that's like that's your favorite part of your gig is <laughs> I'm gonna spear this stuff on my face now <laughs> and they wipe it on their shoulders and on their chests yeah. and don't put any on their face and then they head out into the thingy and there's a lot of walkers mm-hmm. you get a, you do get a sense of scale for how many dead people are around them. And it doesn't go according to plan for because Gabriel trips over a walker, and instead of the other walkers not recognizing that um, walkers trip over themselves all the time, they decide this is a cue to eat them, and things happen. and And while this is going on, is when they have the confrontation inside the sanctuary, yeah. and then after you know the lady walk the lady lieutenant shoots the guy. You know, you hear the whistling noise, and everybody gets on their knees, because Negan shows up covered in gore with Gabriel, and he's like, you know, why did you do that? (laughs) You know, wasted a, wasted a resource. You shouldn't have done that, Regina. And I'm really kind of gross. Well,
1: my favorite part of that whole thing is, like, they walk in, and everybody gets on their knees, and... (laughs) he kind of reaches over and he pushes (laughs) Gabriel down to his knees. And the whole time Gabriel's just kind of like...
0: "Ah, Whatever. whatever. (laughs) Here we go. Here's a thing. And so, you know, Negan's like, right, so I'm going to go take a shower and we'll we'll talk about this. We'll deal with this. And so... He goes off and he gets cleaned up and he... Meets with his lieutenants again, and he's like, all right, so, hey, Eugene. Um, Well, that's when we realize, that's when we talk about the the discovery that the guns were from their own armory. And Eugene sees the red paint and so starts looking at Dwight. Well, as he's leaving, Negan pops his head out and goes, hey, Eugene, just a minute. Uh, Okay, so you're really smart, Professor Smarty Pants. Yes. And uh, I need you to figure out what we're going to do. How we're gonna get out against all these walkers? And if you do, it'll be awesome. We're gonna be so happy that you were able to figure it and out. We'll give you candy and a pony mm-hmm. and a new and, and and you know a new video game system and all kinds of maybe even a girl or two. If you don't, I'll go ahead and
1: kill you first so that uh, you don't see how terrible things get when we all start starving to death.
0: <laughs> so so either way, I got your back. And you, June's like, uh, thanks. Maybe? I'm not I really, sure about the thing. I mean, but. I really hope that Eugene's
1: whole inner monologue since this whole thing started has been mistakes were made. <laughs> because he betrayed all of his friends right. for comfort and security, and now his friends are coming at him, and there's no more comfort, and there's no more security. Like,
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of, in the again, in the comic... I Eugene doesn't have this issue. I mean, once he gets past his whole, you know, his lie being revealed, yeah. becomes part, he becomes part of the community, as I remember. Right. So maybe it, maybe it's changed since then. But in any event, uh, Eugene's like, "Oh, uh, this is probably well. Going the to last well.
1: episode, the last issues of the comic I picked up were he, Eugene and Andrea are out on some sort of mission. Mm-hmm. And um, and Andrea is bitten, and Eugene's super sad about it. He's, like, there, and, you know, everybody's mm. there. And then, you know, Andrea dies at Rick's house, because they were there a couple in the comic. Right. And he has to, you know put her down, and, like, the whole... Everyone who's, like, a main... Been a main cast character for all of this time was there to, like, be a comfort to him sure. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's the last episode issues I read of the comic book. And Eugene right. was in that.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't remember don't remember part of the group. So, basically, it ends with... Um, Gabriel. It ends with Gabriel in cell number two. Yes,
1: which I think was... was... Uh, uh, was uh, Daryl's
0: old cell, and Eugene comes and he's like, huh, uh, "Hi, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Eugene, uh, Doctor <laughs> Eugene, and you know, I, uh, things are things are kind of weird around here. So I thought we I, uh, we,
1: we did yeah. some things. We used to be neighbors. Also, we ate dog together, and I think that kind of bond someone for life. And then he goes in, and Eugene's in the midst of some sort of fever. And here's the thing." Gabriel is in the midst of some yes, sort of fever. Yes, Gabriel's in the midst of some sort of fever. Um, they never show like when this sort of thing happens when you walk in on somebody in, in this show, mm-hmm. and they're sweating and gross and horrible. Right. That's when they turn over their arm and there's the big old bite mark. Right, which they don't show us. But they don't show us that, which makes me wonder. Um, that Eugene just, or just Gabriel just go on this mission with the flu?
0: That's so entirely possible because he's talking about bringing back the doctor that right. was taken from Hilltop because Maggie's going to need a doctor for her pregnancy at and some point if she ever starts showing. Exactly. So, I mean, there's was this part of a mission of his all along. I mean, I know I know that they were talked they talked about bringing about getting the doctor back earlier. I don't think it was anything specific to the mission. That this was getting mm-hmm. the doctor. But apparently this is something that Gabriel said he has to do, which it makes sense. I mean, it's as somebody who is not necessarily you know, he has killed people before, but he's not a soldier. Uh-huh. So, I don't know, It just but yeah, he's really, really sick looking. And yeah, they didn't they didn't give us the telegraphed, oh no, it's the wound of doom oh. Unlike on red machete. Oh god. Ugh. So we determined that the that the show the Red Machete Show. The red the Red Machete Show. That's at some sort of an old comedy show.
1: Ah, it's Red Machete starring Yule
0: Brenner and Catherine Epburn. Uh, I would watch that. <laughs> Yul Brenner and Catherine Epburn, that would be awesome. Um, a
1: special guest parents by Debbie Coleman.
0: It'd be a young Debbie Coleman, <laughs> but to, But anyway, uh the whole Red Machete, Walking Dead, minute-long episode thingies. Are you a minute-long? Yeah.
1: So last week, or no, the week before last, the little mm. sister got eaten by walkers for being a moron. Right. And then this week again, the next last week was the so the daughter just learning how to machete. Right. And so this week, dad and daughter go and get a walker. Yes, for reasons, apparently, and they tie him to the front of the house, also for reasons, and she's yeah. setting up a can trap, like, like a can, like so when you hit the cans, you can mm-hmm. see, you, like, hear the people come in. It's a little whatever, and then Dad is trying to secure this Walker to the fence, the the porch, the front fence. porch of the house, yeah. And he gets bitten. Because he's stupid? Stupid. We've just I'm decided thinking, on stupid. I'm thinking stupid is the word. Dad did not do his level best to protect his children.
0: I do not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening here. And we've agreed that what this show should be. What it should have been is it should start
1: start the episode with somebody having a red machete. Mm-hmm. And that person dies. Mm-hmm and the red machete is passed on to another person mm-hmm. and that person leaves that episode with the red machete and then the next episode should start with that person dying right and passing the red machete on to someone else and so it was just like
0: this the machete moving through owners so basically what you would get is you would get one minute stories mm-hmm. you would little glimpses into the exterior world that we don't see outside of Rick and Company right and that would actually be kind of cool because you could show these little pieces that might actually be something you could do something else with, or bring back in, or have mm-hmm. a connection. N- Nobody is going to be alive when we're done, because this little girl has been taught from childhood, apparently by her father, to be stupid. Right. She's doomed, because Daddy was dumb. Right. Well, and... Oh, is
1: well, this? and now he's dead. Why are we watching... <laughs> Why is that the... And now he's dead, and she's the only one left. And she's got the red-handled machete that ends up with Rick, so we know she is going to die at some point. You
0: know what's she's going to walk up on Terminus. Oh, God. Yeah. She'll be at lunch. Yeah. So that's all that... There is a C storyline, by the way. We forgot to mention oh the gosh. Rick and Daryl Rick story. Rick and Daryl. Who are basically going to do the... Well, they also decide to do a lot of stupid things. First of all, there's the driver of the truck survived barely and they're interrogating him mm-hmm. and he's like oh yeah we killed all the people for the kingdom all those guys are dead and and daryl and rick are like what what all those people and he's like well the king lived yeah
1: and then and the big guy with the axe the big guy with the axe and some
0: cycle psycho-
1: <laughs> 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 that was hilarious
0: <laughs> Short-haired psycho bitch, I think yeah. is what he said. And Carol's like, <laughs> <so> <laughs> that was her, her ears are twitching, and she's like, what was that? Yeah. But, yep, yeah, yeah, she took them all out. And so this is a problem because that is part of the fighting force that they were counting on. And I guess, you know, I'm, I've been confused about the scale because mm-hmm. we talked about this a little bit, is the number of people that were in the um, the various groups, armies, quote-unquote. Right. And we know that the hilltop only has like, what, 30, 40 people? Mm-hmm. And somehow I thought the kingdom was much, much bigger.
1: Yes. And our
0: experience with going through, when when Carol had the tour of the kingdom, that brief tour... There's a sense of scale and a sense of, of sheer number of people that you kind of got there. That to sit there and go, our entire army of kingdom warriors is like twenty five yeah, guys. Yeah, the four, like 30
1: people we said to this thing. I don't,
0: I don't think that's. I'm confused the case. about that. So, so in any way, um, Rick and Daryl decide to go down and get the get the guns out, and Daryl finds a bag of or a box of dynamite and goes, okay, I'm going to take this, and we'll just go blow a hole in the sanctuary and let all the zombies in it. They'll immediately surrender. And Rick's like, uh, what about the innocent women and children and, and workers? And Daryl's like, oh, they're on the other side of the compound. They'll get out. And Rick's like, uh, what if they don't? And Daryl's like, well, screw them. I don't care. Let's make this over with.
1: Yeah, let's get this over with. Which... Again, we're coming back on that same problem that we've had Mm -hmm. of we, it feels like no one has made, like this conversation should have been had a long, long time before this war even started. What are we going to do? How are we going to get these people, the people that we want, are ultimately trying to save, Mm -hmm. how are we getting them out? What is, what what is the, the end game with them? With right. the people, like, like Jesus has been saying, we are going to have to live with these people. The people that survive this war are going to have to live with each other, mm-hmm. no matter what happens,
0: no matter who wins. Well, and the more confusing part is that their whole battle plan is designed for there to be survivors. Mm-hmm. They're not, even though they have not had these discussions, apparently, because they keep talking about them, At the wrong Mm times. Their entire battle plan is meant that there be other people surviving on the other side. Because if they just wanted to kill them all and just be done with it, all you have to do is leave them at the sanctuary and let them starve. Exactly. You know, find a way to, well, you know, blow a hole in the wall and let all the walkers in and you're done. If this if this is like the new thing, this is like, you know, Daryl's like, let's just do this instead. You know, you should not be having this debate on what we should do with the folks. Right. They pull one out of this huge truck full of weapons.
1: They pull down one thing, and Daryl oh, yeah. sees the dynamite and goes, "Yay! Let's take, let's go do the dynamiting." And, uh, yeah, and-
0: there is a fifty-caliber machine gun strapped to the back of this thing that they could have taken out and there's probably ammo for it, and that would have made an incredibly effective weapon right. against a lot of different things. And do they do that? No. In they, fact, what do they do instead? They have a fight. They fight. They get
1: mad at each other and have a fight. Rick's
0: like, I can't let you do that. Daryl says, you can't stop me. And Rick goes, I'm going to stop you. And Daryl says, no, you're, <laughs> you're not. not. And then they're punching each other and choking
1: each other, and Daryl gets up in a headlock.
0: <laughs> and, and and Rick, what they managed to... do Daryl, they're struggling for the for the bag, and the bag is flying, and it lands by the car, and the car is leaking gas, and suddenly there's fire. What caught on fire? Uh, and where did the fire come from? Doesn't matter. Logic, <laughs> kind of a yeah, it's a thing. Anyway, suddenly there's fire, and they look over, and the truck
1: explodes,
0: explodes. and then so like
1: they're they're like fighting each other. And Daryl is on top of Rick in a really bit of chokehold. Rick's about to go out, and mm-hmm. the truck like blows up, and they like get blown away, and they like roll over, and they look at it. And Rick sits up, and Daryl sits up, and they like look at each <laughs> other for a second, and then they look back at <laughs> the truck, and this is mm. like th- this is another joke. They get another joke yeah. in this episode.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, and it's just like you two idiots no. and
1: well luckily there's all those uh weapons that they didn't pile on the truck right that are back at that chemical plant that they're never going to return right to all those
0: weapons it. somebody else will find those weapons and use them again them later because that's how this show works so rick goes to get his jeep and drive on to the next stop but of course you may recall last episode the jeep was shot several times and mm-hmm. yet somehow managed to drive on even though it had holes punched in its engine. Well now it don't work no more. Yeah. So it uh, it it you know, bled out or whatever. And so Rick's like, I guess I'm walking and there. I was like, guess you are. <laughs> well they both have different things. They right. have other
1: things that Yeah, really but he was just
0: like, really like
1: Yeah, so yeah, so Rick And <laughs> this I thought was funny too. Rick goes, choke holes are illegal, asshole. <laughs>
0: i know it's just like the writers are like sticking lines in here or it's like they're having a good time so rick goes off and he's walking along and daryl drives off and rick's walking along and walking along and he hears this noise he kind of looks around then he looks up and a helicopter flies by and the look on rick's face is like I'm having hallucinations now. <laughs>
1: again. Again, I thought I was over the hallucinations after, after season three. But apparently not. Here we go again. So I did not just see... The,
0: maybe. I don't... Huh. Although,
1: what would be really funny is if that was just like a random, like, eye in the sky Atlanta that accidentally flew over the set. <laughs> and that was the reaction and they thought, you know what, we've got to keep this in. And then Darabon was... Or not Darabon. Dimple? Uh, um, Dimple was like, but what are we going to do? We can't have... It. And, and they're like, no, no, no.
0: We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, there has been that whole debate. Ever since the, the trash... Rick's visit to the trash people, um, there was that, that whole internet debate about what appeared to be a plane in the background of one of the shots. Oh, yeah. In the distance. Now, those people were saying, well, it was a bird. Now, people were going, that's not a bird. And they asked the various actors, and they said, "We are not going to get involved in this discussion because if we know what the answer is, we can't tell you. And if we don't know what the answer is, I don't want to tell you, I don't know what the answer is." Mm-mm. And so they asked the actress, the played the, the, the head of the trash people, and she was like, "It's a really neat idea. I think it's really cool. No, I'm not going to help you with this <laughs> question you're asking me. I don't know. I think they may have just given us the answer that?" There is a flying. Somebody's got flying machines. Uh, I would, a gyrocopter. That's, I, I would. There would be good money to, to. I would pay good money to see a gyrocopter on The Walking Dead. That would be awesome.
1: This goes back to my when 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 we back first heard that Fear the Walking Dead was going to be a thing, mm-hmm. and I was just hoping that it was going... because it was it was going to be in, set in Los Angeles, and I was just like I was hoping that we would get some kind of insight into what the super rich Los Angeles jet um, set are sure. doing mm-hmm. in this situation, you know, like because there was a, there's a, in, in World War Z there's a really great one of the chapters is set, this like rich Hollywood producer that when you read it you, you know, is somewhat like a Weinstein esque kind sure. of guy. Uh-huh. Gets all of his really super rich buddies and brings them to his his compound, and and then you know, you know, like all these rich, famous people are in there. And they're all like basically mask of the red deathing it mm-hmm. up, and then they all die. And you
0: well, know, we, but well, that's a, that's actually a contrast to what we have now because we basically these are our ground level characters. Mm-hmm. These are our, there is no real elite. The closest thing we had to an elite was Alexandria, mm-hmm. and even that was. People who are just a little too optimistic and, well, oblivious, intentionally oblivious.
1: oblivious. And I I would have loved to have seen, I would have loved for there to have been a Paris Hilton-esque character in Fear the Walking Dead that we got to watch go on a very Carol-esque journey. Yeah, well, we did, and it's... uh, We've done it. We've sat here and talked for nearly a... Full hour going about to this. Cut a
0: lot episode. of this out because it's terrible. Anyway, um, so yeah, basically it ends with uh, Gabriel sick. Mm-hmm. It ends with Daryl going wherever Daryl going. Uh, Rick being observed by someone. It's a trash person. It's a trash person. And there is a helicopter in the sky. So Also, Eugene knows that Dwight is probably the
1: traitor and also Father Gabriel is sick. Kind of a filler episode, yes.
0: Yes. Um, some insight into Negan, which is which is actually useful, mm-hmm. but there's a whole lot of, I don't know, I, I, it wasn't ex- necessarily successful with making me give a f- about Negan's Lieutenants. Yeah. So, and it was slightly redeemed by the fact that there were three good jokes in yes. the, end the episode. So, next episode we can have three good jokes, I'll be
1: alright. But okay. they're going to be talking to the trash people. Yeah. Know that they
0: can't. Do anything like, ah! Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is gonna be it's gonna be so odd. They they are always just so weird when they when they show. And
1: and it's gonna be moral quandary, Maggie, according to the, the um, the preview because yeah. her and Jesus talk about um, what to do with their prisoners of war, <sighs> prisoners of war, so more prisoners. Hmm.
0: Of war. This is not a musical episode. So again, conversations they should have already had. So so thank you for listening to the conversation that we have just had. Ta-da. And we will be back next week with more Zompocalypse now here on also. Fill, sorts... Fill in the blank. the <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, you can still find us on sci-fi for me.com. We are yes. one of the few the one of the few home produced posts uh, that are still going up there. We are on podcast.com, on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, By all means, please, if you are listening to us, any place you can leave a comment and rate us, please do so. It is always helpful. Uh, And things like iTunes actually helps people find us when when you do that sort of thing. Um, If you are listening to, you can subscribe and get downloads. I just actually find up. I I don't subscribe to the podcast because I assemble it. It lives on my computer. But at the same time, I find subscribe to iTunes oh. uh, on our podcast on iTunes. So anyway, um, make sure you check out also our two video shows. Sci-Fi for Me is still doing Sci-Fi for Me TV. Uh, we have the new season of Salacious Crumbs starts December tenth. So just in time for the new Star Wars movie, the third season of Salacious Crumbs re- returns on December tenth, and you can definitely, you should definitely check that out. It's entertaining, funny. And some great some great personalities on that show. So we hope you'll check that out as well. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. We will be back next week with more Zompocalypse now, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of HorrorForme.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror for Me Radio. <laughs>